Good morning, Faith Church. Man, it's great to see you here today. Welcome, 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 man. So thankful that you decided to be a part of our services this morning here at Faith Church. I want to welcome those who are watching online. Let's give it up for those who are joining us online. Welcome. I'm glad that you decided to tune in today. Well, listen, we here are here in week three of this series entitled Mango. And if you've not been here yet for this series, basically what we've been talking about is using this probably for some unfamiliar fruit. Maybe you've just heard about it, maybe never even tasted it. But just as a way to talk about something that we find throughout Scripture when it talks about fruit. But specifically, specifically, and this is where we've talked about up to this point, is something the Bible talks about called the fruit of the Spirit. Which, if you're new to spiritual things, seems like maybe a very odd thing. But it's something that's so key and so significant. It's huge uh, in the life of a Christ follower. It should be something that's evident in each and every one of our lives. And so basically where we've been is week one. We just talked about really what the fruit of the Spirit is. That the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians, he kind of jumped and he said, hey guys, listen, as, as you live for God and as you serve God, we should slowly and steadily become more and more like the Savior we serve. In fact, we said this, here's what, here's what fruit is. Here's what the fruit of the Spirit is. It's basically, it's, it's external evidence of an internal work, external evidence of an internal work, which means this, if you're here and you're like, hey, I've given my life to Jesus, I, I, I put my faith and my trust in him, I'm not just a Christian in religion, but I'm a Christian in my relationship with God, then as you serve God, you should slowly and steadily become more and more like the Savior you serve. And so we talked about that week one last week. Last week, we talked about really how that happens. Like, this is not something we do. This is something that God does in us, but it's a partnership that he works in us and, and, and does this stuff. But here's what we said last week. This is what Jesus taught in John chapter 15. If you weren't here, Jesus basically said, listen, the only way you're really going to have this life is if you stay connected. So fruit in your life comes from staying connected to Christ. Which means, and Jesus, he, he kind of highlighted, he said, really, he said, if, if, I, if I live in you, if I abide in you, if I reside with you and you with me, you'll bear fruit. And then he went on and said, listen, he said, what that means is if my word remains in you. So basically we talked about, man, as, as God's word gets in us and influences us and directs us, slowly and steadily, we're going to live more and more like Jesus. And so today I want to kind of go in a new direction, something I think is huge uh, in this series. And so I want you just to pray with me because I, I'm excited for today. I'm excited for what I believe that God is, really wants to do in our lives. I hope you're excited, man. I want you to know that God has fantastic things for your life and for mine. And so through the process, man, of being in God's house and being with God's people and being underneath God's word, God wants to change our lives. And so pray with me. Father, I love you. God, I pray today in the name of Jesus that, God, you just open up our hearts. I pray you'd pour your presence into us. And I pray everything that you have for every person in this room, that, God, when we hear it, we reach out our faith, we believe you for it. God, to do something great in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agreed said amen. All of you guys have heard this term before, that you are what you eat. You are what you eat. Now, I know that uh, we've heard that before. We, we know it's true. Now, listen, when you, if you're young, if you're like under like probably 25 somewhere in there, you don't think that's true because, you know, like there are these people that like when you're young, you got these like super high metabolisms and like you just eat whatever you want and you never gain weight. And I have one thing to say to you. It'll catch you. Listen, I can just eat whatever I want. And I can just eat whatever. Listen, yeah, you can eat whatever you want for a little while. And those donuts you're eating, you will eventually look like. 
We all know it's true. Listen, listen, I, not looking around at anybody, but just looking at yourself in the mirror, you can probably generally take a look at yourself in the mirror and, t- and, and just kind of get a general idea of the diet you're on. I mean, let's just be honest. That's, that's true. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen this this past week. This is uh, a stunning announcement that I was looking forward to hearing one day, and it actually came true. Did you all hear about the partnership that Burger King, this is absolutely true, the partnership that Burger King is trying to make with McDonald's for, uh, for a week, kind of to highlight this thing, they want to merge, hold your seats now, the Big Mac with the Whopper. Half Whopper, half Big Mac, the McWhopper. What? Shut the front door. I'm, I'm getting in line for that. But you know what? I'm just telling you, you eat some of those and not just, not just physically, but you know, like, you know, your blood's going to turn into gravy and you know, you're just not going to be doing very well because we know, again, we know it's true that you are what you eat. And I would say this, not only is it true, and and we all agree with that, that you are what you eat. I, I would say this, that we are, we are what we eat. Now think about this, our culture, and and there have been lots of studies, our culture, the American culture, we are the most obese nation in the world, which is a kind way of saying we're fat. Now that's no shocking revelation. Now pretend, pretend you didn't know anything about this country, pretend you flew in and you never seen, you never seen an American ever in your life, but all you could look at were the restaurants in our community and the food it served. Now what would you think we look like? Voila. I mean, you know, you don't see a lot of solid, you know, salad shops and, you know, uh, you just don't see a lot of those. We see burgers and fries and pancakes and let's close and say amen and let's go eat. That's what we see. And so watch this, watch, watch, watch. So you are what you eat and we know that's true personally and physically. We are what we eat and we know that's true culturally and physically. What I want to say to you today is this, is that we are what we eat And you are what you eat spiritually. We know that's true personally and spiritually, which means this, not only physically what you put in your mouth influences you physically, but what you allow in your life, what you allow in your ears, in your heart, what you engage in, the conversations you have, kind of the things you're a part of, it influences you and affects you personally and spiritually. A lot of people have said it this way, garbage in, garbage out. It's hard for you and hard for me to have a really healthy relationship with the Lord when we allow ourselves to be involved with a lot of things that go contrary to his word. And and so I would say, I would say this, and let's just kind of track this out. If it's true, watch this now, if it's true that you are what you eat, and that's true personally and physically, and we are what we eat, and we know that's true culturally and physically, then kind of, again, it just goes down the line that, that come up personally and spiritually, that I am what I eat, and you are what you eat. But watch this. As a culture, we are what we eat spiritually. I want you to think about it. Think about just this week, and in the last several weeks, all of the stuff that kind of our community, our culture is kind of feeding on. You know, we see all of these shootings that are happening again, kind of this spike in, in recent crime. Just this week, two reporters lost their lives to a shooter and, and man, just how heavy that is and how, how heartbreaking that is. And I mean, but it's, it's not just kind of the emotional side. It's just kind of this, this vibe, this thing, this, this negativity in our culture. And it's not just that, but the stuff that's going on with Planned Parenthood and regardless of where you stand on a, on, a, on a woman's right, I'm just telling you, it's a baby's death. 
And we, ha- we, have, we have an assembly line of people that are, that are snatching children out of mama's wombs and killing them and selling them. And I, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about that, but I know what it does to me. And we have war and we have black lives matter and white lives matter and blue lives matter and all lives matter. And we have racism and we have all of this stuff. And we live in a culture, and come on, let's just be honest here today. We live in a culture that's being consumed and consuming all this garbage and negativity. And so I just want you to know that we are what we eat, and our culture's in trouble because we are eating and consuming and living in a trash heap of negativity and garbage. And so I just want to pose a question today. What if we could change? What if we could change what our community eats? If we are what we eat and our culture is in the shape it's in because of what it's devouring, what it's eating, what it's consuming, what if we could change what our community eats? I would say it this way in your fill in the blank in your notes, what your community consumes, what your culture consumes, your community becomes. What your community consumes your community becomes. So if we see where we are as a culture because of all this stuff that's happening, what if we could change? Come on, think about this for a minute. What if we could change what our community's eating? Now, I'm not talking about like being one of these, you know, not being a governor or a mayor that's trying to change what people are eating or drinking and they can't get a super big gulp. I think if you want a super big gulp, you should be able to get like the 96-ounce super big gulp. I'm not talking about like, I'm not talking about changing the food on food shoes, food shelves. I'm talking about, I'm talking about what about if there is a potential? Think about this. Man, I hope you all are excited. What if there's a possibility that the way you and I live and interact in our world, in our culture, in our community, we could influence and affect and change what our culture is consuming by how we live? I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul says as we jump into today. He says this in the book of Philippians chapter 2. Listen to this. Read it with me. He says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now, remember what we've been talking about that, again, the fruit of the Spirit is this, is that there's an external evidence of an internal work. And so this is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, work hard to show that you really love Jesus. Work hard that when people look at you, talk to you, hang out with you, spend time with you, that it's clear that you belong to Christ. Keep reading. Read it with me. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. So for God, watch this now, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Here's, here's what I want you to know is, is that God, now watch this, this is so huge. Hear what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to, I want you to know that, that, that you should live and you should work. So like what's going on is, is evident, it's clear. And God's going to help you. God's going to give you desire and he's going to give you power to kind of make that thing happen because he wants to work in you. And so I would say it this way. I would say it this way that, that God wants to work in us and God wants to work through us. Everybody say that. Say God wants to work in me and he wants to work through me. Come on, y'all shout that. He wants to work in me and he wants to work through me. So it's, it's not that just God just wants to show up and, and kind of change you. He wants to do something, I believe this, radical through our life. That God wants to show up in your heart, in your life, in your circle of influence, in your community, in your culture, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school. And God wants to do something radical through your life. So God's working in us so he can work through us. So let me give you a couple more verses here. Watch what Paul says. Watch this. In Colossians, this work he's talking about, 
This work he's talking about, to work in us and through us, it's known as fruit. That's what we've been talking about, mango. Everybody shout mango. Watch this. Then the way you live, watch this, the way you live, not what you believe. See, we have a lot of people that believe a lot of stuff and they show up in church and I believe, I believe, I have faith, I, I trust. He, he's not just talking about that's, that's nice, but he's saying it's, it's kind of, there has to reach a point where our personal faith becomes a public example. That what we really say we believe really starts to demonstrate itself through our lifestyle. And so again, this fruit, this fruit he's talking about, or this work he's talking about is fruit. Notice this. He says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Everyone shout this with me. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. So he's saying again, listen, watch, watch, watch. He's saying God's working in you and through you. And the reason that God's working in us and through this is because he wants us, he wants us to, that as we work our lives, as we live our lives, that, that kind of fruit is this natural product of what happens. Let me show you another one. Watch this next verse here. Now, Paul, he's struggling here. He's towards the end of his life. He knows his death is imminent. He's in a bad situation. We'll talk about this another time. But he writes this when he's thinking about, like, what do I want to do? Like, do I just, am I ready just to, like, pack it in and go home and be with Jesus? Or do I want to stay here? Do I want to go home and, like, this world really isn't my home? Am I ready to go to heaven? Or do I want to stay here and keep living for Jesus here? He's wrestling through these two things of staying and living or dying and going on to be with the Lord. And watch what he says. This is huge. He says, for to me, living means living for Christ. And dying is even better. I, man, I like that. We have a come apart when people pass away and we think about death like, man, I, everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die. I'm just telling you that's the only way to get there. I, I know it, it hurts when we lose people and there's a lot of you in this room, you've lost loved ones and it, it's painful and it's hard and it's grieving. But you know, man, when you have a perspective that Christ is your savior and the reason he saved you was so he could spend eternity with you, listen, there's just not a lot to be afraid of. I would hate for my, for my family to leave without me and I would even hate worse for them to have to, to, have to, to, have to be here without me because I mean, I am the apple of their eye. So I would hate for that to happen, but that's inevitable. That's going to happen. And you know, Paul, listen, he's saying this. He's saying, if I stay here, I'm gonna live, but I'm gonna live for Jesus. But if I go home, that's even better. Watch this, keep reading this, watch. Read it, every voice here. But if I live, I can do, read it, more fruitful work for Christ. What he's saying is this, he's saying, if I live here on this earth, if I stay here in this world, I can continue to produce fruit out of my life. That as I live for Christ, as I serve God, as I honor him with my life, my life gets more and more fruitful. And here, here's, now watch this. He's not just talking about like this, like, hey, isn't that a nice guy? Hey man, I, I like Paul. He's a, he's a good fella. He's a good dude. Fruit, now I want you to know something, fruit is not just meant to be displayed. What is fruit for? Come on, y'all, what's fruit for? It's to be eaten. This is so huge. When you watch the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus, man, he moved around people who were broken and hurting and discouraged and frustrated people that didn't have answers for the problems of their lives, people that were overwhelmed. They, they weren't sure about God. They weren't sure about a relationship with God. 
They felt like outcasts, people that struggled with the same negativities, the same discouragements, the same fears, the same struggles that we face with 2,000 years later, people were faced with back then. But you know what? Jesus would move around in his culture. He would move around in his community. Watch this. And as he, as he ministered to people and helped people, you know he changed their lives? Come on, he impacted his community in a huge way, his culture in this awesome way where like the closer people got to him, like their lives became transformed. They found hope and they found peace and they found love and they found a relationship with their heavenly father. It's like all of a sudden when Jesus showed up, in fact, this is how Jesus described his own impact on his culture, watch. Jesus said, listen, let me tell you about the influence that I have in the community I live in. You know who I am? I'm the bread of life. Woo! You know what he's saying? He's saying there's a lot of starving people. There's a lot of people that have real hunger pains of eternity and life and joy. And he said, when they come in contact with me, baby, I fill them up. I am the bread of life. He not just said he's the bread of life. You know what else he said? He said this in John 4. He said, I'm the living water. He said, man, our culture is thirsty. And man, they're trying to quench their thirst with all this stuff. But he said, when I show up and they get a drink of me, when they taste me, when they experience me, when they, have, when they have time with me, he said they get something that so radically changes their life. He said this, he said, and they never thirst again. Think about that. He's like, I'm a heavenly buffet line, baby. No matter what your hunger is, no matter what your desire is, Jesus says, I'm the solution, I'm the answer, I'm the hope, I'm the reality, I'm everything this culture needs, which means this. Watch this. This is so huge. This is so key. Watch. That as Jesus lived in this world, his character, his fruit fed his community. And his community, his culture was changed by his fruit. Now what if, as his followers, I want you, man, I, I just hope you all get a hold of this. If as his followers, we are called to be like him. If we have the same ability to feed our culture and feed our community the way he did. See, you want to you talk about something big. It's one thing, this is huge, and this is what we talked about to this point. It's one thing for Christ to change you. It's a whole other thing for Christ to change your community through you. I'm glad y'all are excited. Like, like it goes from us showing up and, and like we pray prayers like this, God help me and God fix me and God restore me and make my marriage better and help me with my kids and fix my finances and provide for me, 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 me. And God's like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna help you, restore you, connect you, fill you, grow you. But it's not just about you. But what I wanna do in you I want to do through you. I want to change you, encourage you, grow you, help you, mature you, connect you with me so that what I do in you, I can do through you, that the same hope I give you, you can give others. For the same strength you find in me, you can show others. For the same peace you find in me, you can declare to others. He's saying, as you get closer to me and I change you, I'm going to do something in you that you can change others. So think about this question. What, what if we can change what our culture eats. Think about the possibility, like, like this just makes me like start sizzling inside. Like, what if 
You can walk into a conversation, walk into a circumstance, and the environment change because Jesus is in you. Like, think about that reality. Like, because this, and, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, like, I'm guilty of this too. I am. It's so easy for me to walk into a situation, walk into a conversation and be like, you know, yeah, I don't know about these politicians. It's, it's hard. Yeah, like, I kind of like Trump. I don't know. The dude's like, really, he's kind of a liberal, but I like what he's saying. I don't know. I'm kind of for him, kind of against him. What about this Cruz guy? What about Hillary Clinton? What are, and, man, you get caught up in all these conversations of, of politics. And, you know, we get up caught up in all these conversations of what's happening. And we, it's so easy for me. I can't speak for me. It's easy for me to kind of be as just as much a part of the problem than the solution because I contribute to the negativity just as much as everybody else is. But kind of this thing that I feel like God wants all of us to experience is what Paul said. Paul said kind of like the more I live my life, the more fruit I have. And the fruit I have, and we're going to see this in a minute, the fruit I have, he's saying it's not just Jesus coming and changing me, but it's Jesus changing a culture through me. And, and I, some of you are there and you're like, Pastor Steve, listen, I'm way too jacked up. I'm not there yet. I don't know enough yet. I'm, I'm not an, I'm, I'm, I don't have enough answers yet. I'm still struggling with my garbage and my junk. Hear me, you don't have to be perfect for a perfect Savior to use you. God can meet you and use you right where you are. And so like I just started like wrestling through these scriptures and thinking about what Paul's saying and, and thinking about all this fruit and all this stuff that he's talking about. Here, if you're taking notes, listen, if you're taking notes, I would say it like this. Again, he gives us fruit so we can give him fruit. He's saying, I'm going to give fruit in your life. I'm going to give you change in who you are so that as you live for me and you change the culture, you're going to give fruit back to me. It's kind of like this. When we were kids, I've talked about this guy, our next door neighbor. We grew up and it was, it was awesome. When, when my parents bought, bought their first home, it was the home that me and my two brothers, we were born in and ra- the neighborhood we were raised in, it was all senior citizens. Like we were the young family on the block, which kind of like was a double-edged sword. Here's where it was really cool. First of all, it was like they took care of us and we took care of them. We helped them, senior citizens. You know, we helped them in the winter shoveling their walk. You would know nothing about this in the South. It's something you'd wake up in the morning, you just have to do. So we would go shovel walks and, and sometimes we would help, you know, they would call us over. Can you help us lift this stuff? And it was awesome because they had retired, they were retired. A lot of them had expendable in- income. And so like Christmas time, cha-ching, that's what I'm talking about. Like, man, we would get cards from all the neighbors. So man, we loved them. They loved us. However, here was the bad side is every one of them had manicured lawns. Like you would just look down the street. Everybody's lawn was cut. They had, you know how you get those stripes in your like not in my yard where I gouge it with the blade. I mean, like it's, it looks like a football field or, or like a golf course and everything was immaculate, which means this, if you, if you throw a Frisbee in your yard, that's their Frisbee because you do not dare walk in their yard. I'm, so right next door to us was this guy, his nickname was Shorty and he had the best lawn. He won actual several times in the city of Akron, which is a large city. He won the, I forget like the title, but it was like the prettiest lawn in Akron or the nicest lawn. Like this guy next door to us, like who had all kind of crabgrass and mowed our lawn when we got to it, like had this immaculate lawn. And he would go from being like, just like an angel to a devil. If you threw a ball in his yard or something, he would come out like, and just want to eat you. Get out of my yard. And so you knew never, never, ever walk in his yard. But that's my ball. We're going to have to get a new ball. That's Shorty's ball now. 
But watch this. So he had this beautiful, he not just had a beautiful landscaping and, and beautiful lawn, but on, on the perimeter, on the perimeter of his backyard and, and our houses were right next door to each other, he had this beautiful gardening, beautiful flowers. And I'll never forget this. As a kid, he would hang, it was his fence and, and it divided our properties. He would hang on his fence these uh, 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 tomato plants and like, like these weren't like these little jakey things they sell like in the stores now. I mean, these things were like, like tomatoes from heaven. Like these things were huge and perfect and like, some of you are like, I don't even like tomatoes. You would like these tomatoes. But here's the wonderful thing. You can't go into his yard, but every now and then, because it divided the fence, like the vines would just kind of just hang over the fence. And once they're on our side of the fence, those are our tomatoes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the tomatoes on your side of the fence, those are your tomatoes. Those tomatoes, those are our tomatoes. And, and like, I love that because here's, like, and I want you to think about that. I want you, like, just to picture, like, just the fence and those, those, those vines and those fruits, those tomatoes kind of hanging over the fence. Because I believe what Jesus wants for us is for us to experience change and for us, man, to grow and be like Christ, have the fruit of the Spirit. Remember what they were? Love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. While those are wonderful and we all want those, let me ask you a question. How much more does our culture need those? And God's saying, I, I, want, you, I want you, I want to produce fruit in you. I want to change who you are. I want you to grow and become like me, but not just for you to have stuff on display, but so you can feed your culture, so you can feed your community. What he's saying is he's saying, I, I want it to grow so much in your life that it starts like hanging over the cubicle and influencing the people next to you who you work with. I want it to grow over and start touching the desk next to the, next to the students next to you. He's saying, I want it to get so big that it doesn't just feed you. He said, I want it to start feeding other people that as they experience what you've experienced, it'll change them the same way it's changed you. That's what God has called us to, is to be people that change our culture and community. Now, I know that's, I know that's huge. Watch this, watch. Romans chapter 1, verse 13. Romans chapter 1, verse 13, he says this. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to visit you. This is Paul writing the church in Rome, and he's saying, hey, I've been meaning to get to you, been meaning to get into your culture and spend time with you. He says, but I was prevented until now. Next verse. Every voice here, read this with me. I want to work among you, why? To see spiritual fruit, just as I've seen among the Gentiles. What he's saying is this, he's saying, I want to get into your culture because I want to do in your culture what God's been allowing me to do in other communities and other cities and other cultures. I want to get in and start bringing people who are far from God to Christ. He's saying like, I want to get there really. He said like, I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to just play church. He's saying, he's saying, like, I know God has radically changed my life. I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. I still struggle. But I want what God has allowed me to experience and what he's done in me to not just do it in me, but to do it through me. So what have I, I've experienced, I want to show up in Rome in the same way God has allowed me to lead other people who are far from him to Christ. I want to show up where you are 
and I want to do the same thing. He's saying, I want to have spiritual fruit. Think about what he's saying. So up to this point, we've been saying spiritual fruit is what God does in you. Paul, like, changes gears, uses the same word. Again, he's saying it's not just what God does in you. It's the work that Christ does through you. Now, if you've not caught on yet today, what I'm talking about is evangelism. See, I slipped that in, didn't I? Because if I'd have said evangelism on the front end, y'all would have shut me down. I can't do that. I don't know enough. What what if they ask me about dinosaurs? You know, what about the Noah's Ark? How many animals could they get on Noah's Ark? And I don't know the answer to that. So, you know, my, my faith is personal and my faith is private. I don't really like to talk about my faith. I just want you to know that Jesus is the hope of the world. He is the answer to our broken society and culture. I'm telling you, If the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control gets in other people in our culture and society like it's gotten and trying to get on the inside of us, it's not going to be black lives matter and white lives matter. It's going to truly be all lives matter. It's not going to be us trying to decide who's better and who's more important and all this. It's going to be, man, that we're going to love our neighbor the same way Christ like loved us and we're going to love God and we're going to pour our heart out to him. And all of a sudden, man, we start seeing each other's like, I'm not better than you and you're not better than me and whites aren't better than blacks and, and males aren't better than females and, and like, like this side's not better than that side and this side of the river is not better than that side of the river. But like we're all one in Christ, whether we're slave or free, male or female, white, black, Jew, Gentile, like we're all loved in Christ and we're all called to love each other. Imagine if that started getting in our society. Imagine if that started getting in our culture. Come on, listen, listen. I believe that that's what God wants to have. And so instead of us trying to figure out like, you know, like what, what, if we can just get like the Iran deal signed, that's, man, I'm going to have some peace. No, the peace isn't going to come with whatever they sign, whatever that looks like, peace is never going to come through that. It's never going to come through anything this world. What people need in this world is the peace that Jesus alone can give. What you found, God wants our world to find, and they're going to find it through us. Like, I'm like, I'm like, like plant me. Like, I'm talking about some next-level mango. This is like where we kind of like stop coming to church and playing church, and we go out into the world and be the church. And so here's where I would say probably many of you in this room. Is anybody with me today? Like, I'm just fired up today. So, so think about this. What our culture consumes, our culture becomes. What our culture consumes... Our culture becomes. So I ask the question, what if we could change what our culture eats? That's exactly what Jesus did when he showed up on planet Earth, and that's exactly what he's called us to do. And for all of you in this room, and if I probably could talk to you, you would give me more excuses why you can't do this than ever believe you can, and and that's okay. I don't know enough, smart enough, haven't been saved long enough. Again, I, I know there's all these things, but I want you to remember how fruit comes. It is a partnership where, again, listen to this, where you can't do it without God and God won't do it without you. Remember that. We've been talking about that, which means if the same fruit that God wants to work in you, you can't do it. God does it, but he does it with your help, you submitting. The same fruit that God wants to work in you is going to be the same way, which means you don't have to figure out how to do this. God's going to help you. And I want you to see this. We're going to read this, this scripture in Jeremiah as I get ready to close. I want you to... I want you to like, really, I want you to just absorb this. I want this to rock your world. Check this out. Every voice here, read this with me. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts 
away from the Lord. So watch this. He's going to make this comparison now. Watch this. They, people who trust in human nature, those who trust in human strength, those who trust in our ability, this is the comparison. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert. With no hope for a future, they will live in a barren wilderness in an unthinkable land. So get that picture, like think about that. Like look, like in your mind's eye, like this desert landscape, like, like sand everywhere, sun beating down, and there's this one dead dried shrub in the middle. He says, people who rely on our human ability, like that's what they look like. That's, that's them. But then watch the comparison. Watch. Next verse. Everyone read it. But blessed are those who and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. How can I, how can, how can I feed my culture? How can I ever change my culture? How can I ever hope to do anything like that? Because our hope is in the Lord. Next verse. Watch. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. Come on, everyone here, shout this last part with for me. And they never stop producing fruit. He's saying this. He's saying, listen, if you'll just lock into me and be submitted to me, he said, you're not going to be. And some of you guys, it's, it's unfortunate, but this is how you see your spiritual life. You're like this dried up shrub in the desert. And God could never use me and he could never do anything through me. And I'm too jacked up. And I, God's like, no, no, no. A bush is a bush. He, he's talking about the same bush. He's talking about the same people. The difference is where the bush is. Y'all see that? Like if you want to be a bush hanging out on your own, doing your own thing, living for yourself, with yourself, by yourself, you're going to be a dead shrub in the desert. But if you'll lock into Jesus, you'll be that same bush. But you've changed where you are. Now I'm a bush like by a river, which means like there's this life-giving relationship with God. And when you're there, man, you just keep growing and you just keep producing fruit. Like, I really want God to do this in me. I really want to influence people. I want to change my culture. I want to rock this world. I think God wants to do that through you. I think God wants to use you. See, you think you went to school to get that degree, but God sent you to that school to use you on that campus. He's going to let you get the degree while you're there, but he sent you there to feed that campus. See, you think you got that job because you needed that paycheck and you were a good, good fit for what they needed. I mean, you're going to get a paycheck while you're there, but God sent you to that workplace to feed that culture. See, you got changed the way you're thinking. I know you bought the house because you thought, this is such a nice house and it's right in our price range and it, it's got like the two and a half bathrooms just like we need and double sinks because you know I don't like your whiskers on my sink. You've got double sinks. I love our new house. We bought this house because we like this house. No, God allowed you to get that house because he needed you in your community, in your neighborhood to feed your community. So God's heart for us is that he would be producing fruit in us so he could be producing fruit through us so that as we change, our community and culture changes because he's called us to be the light of the world. And that's how it happens. Here's my challenge for you today, and we're going to close and we're going to go home. 
couple things, and I want you to think about the announcement that was made earlier. First of all, here, here's the challenge I have for you. Kind of generic, kind of, kind of simple, kind of big, kind of overwhelming, but you can do it. I want to challenge you to live for Christ this week. Now, when I say live for Christ, I mean proactively, not reactively, like where somebody says something, you know, People use certain language. GD, listen, man, I'm a Christian. Don't use that language around me. I'm not talking about reactively. I mean proactively. Look for opportunities. Look for situations. Not where you have to always preach. That might be an opportunity. But like you just live for God. Like your peace, your joy, your love, like it just kind of like starts slipping over the fence. I want to challenge you, number one, to live for Christ this week. Number two, number two, specifically where we're going as a church in the next couple weeks as we head into our fall launch. This is the number one time churches start to grow because everybody's getting out of summer habits, getting into fall habits. People start going back to church in greatest numbers right now, which means this is our harvest season. I want to challenge you, number two, to start praying. Everybody say pray. Now, some of you aren't going to do it. You just said it, but you won't do it. But I want to challenge some of you to do it. I want to challenge all of you to do it. Start praying about some people you know that need Jesus. Like, who do you know for real that, like, you know, man, it's, it's not being judgmental. You just know, man, they don't have life. They don't really know Christ. I want you to start praying for them. As a church, the next two Saturdays, and this may be something we're going to do more of in the future, but the next two Saturdays, next Saturday, a week from yesterday, and the Saturday after that, we're going to come together, 8.30 in the morning, 8.30, 9.30, for an hour, we're going to pray. Some of you can't be here, and that's cool. If you can be here, I want, to get, I want you to, ch- to challenge you to give us an hour of your time. We're going to pray together for our community. Number three. Some of you is like, he's getting radical. Number three, starting tomorrow, we're going to do a 14-day fast as a church. If you don't know what a fast is, um, you can go on the internet. I've taught about it. Basically, it's making a decision to abstain from meals, to focus more on Christ, get closer to God. I want to ask you to fast with me for the next two weeks for our community. So we're going to live for Christ. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. And I want to challenge you. There's invite cards. I want to challenge you through our prayer, through our fasting, through you praying to put an invite card in someone's hands and let God do the rest. Like what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that can happen? Yeah, baby. All of a sudden, the fruit in your life kind of gets transplanted into someone else's life. So I just want to pray for you. If you're here, man, and this is resonating in your heart, and you're like, man, I really want God to do that in me, just wave at me again. If you don't, it's cool. Just don't feel pressured. But if you're like, Pastor Steve, like, I really want that. Father, I love you, and I pray in the name of Jesus, God, for me and every person in this room. Lord, I thank you that, God, you never give up on us. I thank you that, God, you're continuing to work on us and draw us closer to you and grow us to be more like you. But I pray in Jesus' name that, God, we would stop being selfish with what you're doing in us. And I pray that we would open up our lives to those around us. That God, the same way you fed the culture around you by the way you live, God, I believe we can feed our culture around us by the way we live. And I pray in Jesus' name, every person in this room would have opportunity to let the fruit in their life hang over their life's fence. God, and influence people around. Give us opportunities to live for you, to influence conversations and culture around us. I pray that, God, we would be a people in the next couple of weeks that pray more, that fast together, and invite people around us that we can see a harvest. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord today?